Hey, this is Carla. This is Jasmine. And you're listening to Cracking, Cracking the, the Coconut, Coconut, where we tackle taboo conversations in the Filipino community. By cracking one coconut at a time. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the pilot episode of Cracking the Coconut! It feels so good. My voice almost cracked like puberty because I'm so damn excited it feels so good to be putting this out into the world for everyone it just feels like we've been planning this for so long jazz how do you feel i'm excited as well like Mm -hmm. i'm kind of nervous actually but (laughs) at the same time it's excitement nerves you know yeah so i'm excited we've worked so hard on this podcast and we've really taken our time to present it Mm -hmm. to you guys um so here's our baby and we're presenting you our child yeah like jazz said It's been months. We've been planning this and we have this initial idea and we didn't just want to start recording because we were excited. We didn't just want to put out content willy nilly. And who the fuck says a willy nilly? (laughs) Oh no, I never heard that before. (laughs) But we didn't just want to put it out there. We wanted to really take our time. Jazz and I, we both have a background in events and we've done different shoots. And when it comes to a smooth event or a smooth photo shoot, you need to do a lot of prep, a lot of pre-production. And that's what a lot of us, a lot of what we did before this initial. So now to say welcome to the pilot episode of Cracking the Coconut feels so damn good. Yeah, it feels amazing. Feels I'm kind of horny. <laughs> Just a little bit. Can, can we talk about, uh, you know, preparation? If we talk about this hair right here, okay, this okay. fresh hair. Hello. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. I did it just for this pilot. Actually, no. Well, I've been dyeing my hair for over 10 years now. So this is just like my hair but anyways continuing on what the fuck is cracking the coconut so cracking the coconut is a podcast where we're going to give you all some mindful discussion through unfiltered open-minded safe space conversations that is totally correct so our mission is to tackle taboo conversations within the filipino community in hopes to bridge the gap between filipino americans and filipinos back home think of a coconut picture the coconut close your eyes and think about this beautiful round tropical ball fruit in your hands the hard shell is the taboo topic and the yummy delectable juice the yummy meat the pulp that you so want and strive for and thrive for that's the enlightenment or the information in order to be better and to know better um in order to bridge the gap so that's cracking the coconut essentially yeah yeah and you know when we were coming up with the podcast and the ideas of of what we wanted to present in in our platform you know we're in conversation i told carla you know it's kind of like cracking the coconut you know you got to crack the coconut to get to the idea or you know the the meat of the conversation Mm -hmm. like carla said and it kind of just stuck we're just like wait say that again i was like cracking the coconut she's (laughs) like okay that's it so you know that that became our name and Mm -hmm. You know, I actually told her about this debut, this movie called The <laughs> Debut. It's a, a Filipino movie that came out in, the two, in 2001, and it was starring uh, Dante Bosco. Filipino queen. King. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess, yeah. Here's the thing. It's 2021. Anybody can be anything. Exactly. So Anyways. queen, king, royalty. Continue. Filipino royalty. <laughs> so in the movie, his friends go up to him and say, hey, you're a coconut. And he's like, what are you talking about? What's a coconut? He's like, you're brown on the outside and you're white on the inside. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wait, what? And he's like, I don't, I've never heard that. I don't know what it means. But as the movie continues, he realizes, I don't know nothing about my Filipino culture and I don't really embrace it. So that's where the coconut 
idea came mm-hmm. in. Good movie. We were talking about cracking the coconut. We were talking about everything during pre-production, what it could be, all of our ideas. And she said, it's like cracking the coconut. And I asked her to repeat herself because I was like, wait, what the fuck? Say that again. And it really triggered me because she told me the term- terminology, the definition of everything. I never really heard this. I mean, I've heard banana. I've heard, you know, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. I've mm. heard different things like that. I never heard coconut before. And it reminded me of the time with one of my first cousins growing up. He called me whitewash. Hi, Casey. <laughs> called him out um i was so fucking offended i was so mad but the damage had been done obviously i defended myself and i was like bitch do you not see this brown beautiful skin the fact that i had chicken adobo slapped in my face this morning by your mom i am filipino and and i was just like why would you call me whitewash and he simply said carla you're so basic you're Mm. white on the inside brown on the outside And yeah, I like to dabble in PSLs. You know, yes, I did wear Hollister in high school and Ugg boots. (laughs) But that doesn't make me any less of a Filipino. Yeah. You know, but yeah. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, the Philippines is a country in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. It's an archipelago. And I could never say that word. Sometimes I could say it. Sometimes I'm like, archipelago, (laughs) Antarctica, archipelago. Archipelago. Peligo. There you go. It's a big moment for her. She's been trying. (laughs) So the it's an archipelago, which is essentially a group of islands. Mm -hmm. And in the Philippines, they have over seven thousand islands. Mm -hmm. And it's uh broken up in three areas. You have Luzon to the north, the Visayas in the central area, Mm -hmm. and then Mindanao, which is in um the bottom portion of the country. Mm -hmm. And also the Philippines has over 120 languages, official languages. And I personally know for, I don't know, how many do you know? I know of four. Four? Okay, yeah. that's that's pretty standard, I guess. But they have over 120 languages. But the two languages that are actually the most prominent in the Philippines are mm-hmm. Tagalog and then English. Mm-hmm. So the Philippines is actually in the top five of um, the English-speaking countries in the world. Oh, 100%. Like, if you were to go to the Philippines to vacation and you didn't download Rosetta Stone, Duolingo, Duolipa, Dulapeep, whatever it is to learn Tagalog, it's okay because there is a lot of people that speak English and I feel like you're going to be fine. Um, But continuing on a little bit of history of the Philippines, the Philippines is actually a trade stop island, which means that a lot of the things that you know about the Philippines today, a lot of things about the culture, whether that's through food, through fashion, through religion, the school system even, it's all influenced by a bunch of different countries, What I, which I think is really cool. One of which is India. Um, they traded spices. So yeah, or the lumpia, the Filipino lumpia, it's essentially uh, an egg roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's freaking dope. So mm-hmm. a lot of things that you know today about the Philippines, if you know anything about the Philippines, it's inspired by a lot of these other countries. Other countries yeah. yeah. And even though with the lumpia, they call it Shanghai, oh, which yeah. is like Shanghai. Uh-huh. So I always thought that was interesting growing up. Too. Yeah, no, me too. So why the fuck does cracking the coconut exist? Why does this podcast exist? And why should you listen to it? Well, the main reason is because these conversations need to be had. A lot of these conversations within the Filipino community, whether that's between really good Filipino friends, maybe it's in family, a lot of these topics 
aren't talked about. Mm-hmm. They're taboo. No one wants to discuss them. It's kind of if you bring it up, they're like, no, don't talk about that. That's really bad. That's, you know, you never. T- and one of the things um, that isn't talked about within the Filipino community a lot is mental health, mm, for example. Big taboo. Big taboo. And mental health is so important, especially now during this time where it's a lot easier and a more known thing to do to be very open about your mental health unfortunately we've seen a lot of people a lot of celebrities who have unfortunately fallen and succumbed to their mental health and their depression and within the filipino community sometimes you say i need help or i you know i need therapy there's a lot of people who's gonna deem you crazy that think you might off yourself they don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. it or they simply um devalue or discredit the way you feel by saying how how can you be depressed you're so happy you have to be happy look look at where you live yeah you have everything mm-hmm. or or just it's in your head you can you can fix it you can just don't think about it mm-hmm. but it's not that simple yeah and a lot of these conversations are really important to really strengthen and empathize and to really really reinforce these connections and the relationship you have and not just within the filipino americans and filipinos back home but filipinos and their friends their family or even filipinos here in the u.s and the relationship with the filipinos who live in london or Mm -hmm. australia or dubai exactly you know and on the topic of you know mental health and Mm -hmm. and, you know self-care you know this podcast comes at a special time because it's uh you know, in the news right now, there's a lot of reported cases of, of Asian hate crimes, mm-hmm. Asian American hate crimes as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that's really hard to talk about to anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and even to just accept like walking out the door and feeling fearful, you know, and and, you know, with this platform, we want to bring, you know, insight and humanize the experiences of, you know, not only Filipinos, mm-hmm. but for anyone who just comes across it and and brings like more um you know motivation for themselves more confidence in themselves you know and because that's the only way that's going to connect us together is uh-huh. if we just empathize as well and and have a better understanding oh yeah a hundred percent and the thing that really astonishes me is that there are so many people who love asian culture mm-hmm. whether that's through food watching anime listening to k-pop diving into some karaoke and going to karaoke bars in k-town in downtown la there's a lot of people who appreciate asian culture and what we bring to the table but they don't want us sitting with them and i think that's kind of fucked mm-hmm. up yeah it's very fucked up mm-hmm. so what sparked the seed of cracking the coconut why 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 did we come up with this idea how did this idea come to be well an incident happened in summer of 2020 which i like to call barcada 2020 and essentially what happened was these four white guys from dc decided to open up a bar called barcada and for those that don't know barcada is a spanish derived word which really it means boatload but there is such a deeper meaning behind it. Essentially what had happened in the past was boatloads of Filipino prisoners were taken from their home and shipped away from their native homeland. And these boatloads of Filipino form heavy and strong bonds and a family. So that way they could help each other survive and survive enslavement and survive colonization and the fact that these four white guys decided to call their 
wine bar barcada and watered down this meaning it's freaking astonishing and it's Mm -hmm. like it's appalling what it is and when it comes to the filipino culture and your barcada you don't just call anybody that it's a very very endearing term you only give it to your true homies your ride or dies honestly if fast and furious were in filipino and they're like ride or die you that's know? the barcada right that's there. That's the barcada. That's the fucking barcada. The Toretto barcada. The Toretto barcada. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's essentially what it was. Mm-hmm. And we had done our research. So when we were looking into this, we were thinking, okay, maybe they lived in the Philippines or maybe they're really embracing our culture. But none of that happened. Yeah, none of that. So when we found out about this story, Carla and I jumped on Facebook and Instagram to kind of read the comments and see what people's perspective were. And for us, it was a complete appropriation because there wasn't any representation of Filipinos. Their decorations weren't Filipino. Their food wasn't Filipino. No chefs were Filipino and not even their wine. Their alcohol was Filipino. So that was already a big red flag there. And as we're going through the comments, we see that it's complete like 50-50. You have people who are agreeing with us that it's appropriation mm-hmm. and it's not right. And these people were, you know, Filipino-Americans. And some Filipinos from the Philippines. Yeah. But the opposing side of opinion was Filipinos from the Philippines saying, wait, what's wrong with that? They're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Let them do it. Just let mm-hmm. them have it. But No. There's nothing to be proud about that. Yeah. If you want representation of the Fili- in America of Filipino anything, go do your research. Yes. You know, um, hire staff that's Filipino. Decorate it with Filipino. For, decorate things by a Filipino interior designer. Let it represent what actual Filipino culture is. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, maybe I'll give you that respect. Yeah. You know what's fucking crazy is, mind you, this all happened right in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement. We were going through these comments and having discussions with all these other Filipinos. And like Jazz said, there was a lot of people on our side. We were all, you know, this is appropriation. This is not appreciation whatsoever. And then the other side of it was these Filipinos, either in the Philippines or older generation Filipinos who moved out to the U.S. at a later age, just thought it was completely, uh, they thought it was appreciation. And they kept calling us social justice warriors. Hmm. And they kept declaring that we were trying to be like the black community. And they were saying, all these kids want to do is be like black people. They want to be oppressed so bad. They're social justice warriors. And they were the way they were saying it, it sounded as if it came from a place of belittlement. Mm-hmm. There was a, my, a anti-black microaggressions within that, as if being black was an issue. Yeah. Or fighting for your rights and f- fighting... For some fighting for something that was right. And they were comparing us and saying, you know, this issue, quote unquote, issue you have about these four white guys calling their bar barcada is not a real (laughs) issue in comparison to the other fucked up shit happening within the Filipino community. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go on to to more detail of barcada. Mm -hmm. But I do want to note that. You know, no one's trying to take anybody else's pain. Yes, 100%. You know, if anything, what it should do is really 
humble us and just like just empathize with Mm -hmm. anybody else because everyone has their own struggle yeah you know filipinos have their own struggle black people have their own struggle latinos have their own struggle Mm -hmm. you know and and that's the thing like i don't know how it is obviously to to live in the philippines i visited a couple times but you know i know what it is to feel excluded yeah and i don't know if filipinos back home in the philippines can really understand that yeah and the thing about the filipino community that and it's one of my favorite traits is that there is such a beautiful camaraderie and connection with filipino people you could be walking down the street you meet a filipino and there's already a connection there and then you get to talking and you start speaking to each other about where you're from if mm-hmm. you're from the sp- same region if you speak the same language from the philippines or if you eat synagogue or if you eat synagogue <laughs> and what kind of synagogue like oh you like pork synagogue too like bitch i do too <laughs> there is such beautiful camaraderie but during this time of barcada 2020 we didn't see any of that there was such a huge divide and it really opened our eyes because i thought oh we're all filipino we're all going to be on the same side of this thing we're you know it's going to be okay we're all gonna we're gonna help each other we're gonna help defend each mm-hmm. other but no yeah. there was such a huge divide it was crazy yeah and you know that's that's one of our goals is to just make sure everybody is on the same page of understanding mm-hmm. You know, because our experiences as Filipino Americans and then also their experiences as Filipinos mm-hmm. in the homeland are very, very different. A hundred percent. And I mean, I guess if we're going to thank white people for anything, it might as well be planting this seed in my head, in our heads and colonizing our <laughs> brains and, you know, kind of giving us this idea. So Jasmine and I are both Filipino Americans, but Despite that, we have very, very different experiences. We met working in Los Angeles radio, and together we have a combined 13 years of working within the entertainment industry. And the last place we both worked together in LA radio, uh, we were in a corporate building on Miracle Mile in mid-LA or mid-Wilshire. And out of 250, 275 employees during that time, I have no idea now because COVID, um, there was only five Filipinos working there out of all those employees. Thanks. Five. And I was just like, God, this is fucking crazy. There's only five of us here. Jasmine, why don't you go ahead and tell our viewers, our listeners a little bit about yourself. Jasmine, who the actual fuck are you? Well, that's a loaded question, Carla. I would like to say that I'm constantly growing and learning mm-hmm. yeah. because that's life and if you're not doing that you're not living you know what i mean Ooh, put that on a t-shirt dr <laughs> seuss <laughs> I, I should have thought you were gonna call me dr sue <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so i was born and raised in san francisco and you know my family roots i'm mm-hmm. um, three quarters with saya so we're from cebu samar and leiti mm-hmm. and i'm a quarter ilocano so my grandma's Ooh. from la union and you know, luckily, I know what those mean and where we're from. I've actually visited mm-hmm. most of those places. Um, but my family, we weren't born. We weren't born. My family, it wasn't a tradition. <laughs> I hope you were born. How did you come through? You know what I mean? Alien. We showed up. Oh, shit. <laughs> we just okay. popped up from the ground. Uh, so my family, you know, we I, I didn't grow up in a traditional Filipino household. And, you know, my parents immigrated to America when they were in junior high. Okay. So they grew up in their early teens and high school in, you know, America. And they're, you know, assimilated into American society. So 
it wasn't like the traditional strict household with you know traditions and things like Mm -hmm. that and so when it came to filipino culture i wasn't really aware of that Mm -hmm. all i knew was the language because they actually taught me Bisaya, my grandparents taught me Bisaya Cebuano when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And that was actually my first language. And other than that, there wasn't anything Filipino that was very strong for mm-hmm. me. Other than maybe like hanging out with my family mm-hmm. or hearing my family speak in Bisaya. Yeah. Okay. So because you didn't grow up in a traditional Filipino home, did you face any identity issues growing up? Like were there was there ever a moment when you thought to yourself... I'm not American enough or I'm too Filipino for this or anything like that. Like why are just while you were just living life? Yeah, for the most part, I didn't really face any identity issues. However, there was this one, you know, situation that I do remember and I was in kindergarten. So for kindergarten, I went to school in Fairfield up in the Bay Area. And it, at the time, it was a very suburban town mm-hmm. with a lot of white people. And so my sister and I, we both got invited to this party and the party was for this white girl. And I remember we went to the party and we're all hanging out and I thought everything was all fun and games. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the girls start going up to the room mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of white girls. Okay. So my sister and I. Sounds like trouble. <laughs> it sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. Sorry. So. Yeah, so we we're, we're going up to the room with them and my sister and I and our our friend, she's black girl mm-hmm. and we're all excited. And all of a sudden they close the fucking door on oh. us. Yeah. And like we, they just slammed it. They were like, no brown people. I mean, they say no oh, brown okay. people, but they legit just closed the door on us for no reason. We're trying to tan. <laughs> There's a tanning bed like on the corner. <laughs> Anyway, so my sister and I and our friend, we look at each other like, mm-hmm. okay, like, did they do that on purpose? Yeah. And I think of that moment from what I remember, it's like, it, it wasn't anything to do with, with being Filipino, mm-hmm. but it was more so like, we're different. The three of us are different than these mm-hmm. white girls. And so I remember when I was younger too, I asked my mom, like, mom, why don't I have yellow hair? Mm-hmm. Why don't I have blue eyes? You know, and she probably said, you know, it's the way God made you. And but at that point, I really didn't understand, like, why wasn't I this? Why am I different? Yeah. So that was, you know, a moment where I kind of questioned, like, my identity. And I think as a young kid, it's also confusing. Yeah, for sure. So when I started working in radio, Mm -hmm. so I worked out in San Francisco for a little bit. There was a couple Filipinos Mm -hmm. that I was working with. And then when I went to L.A., I actually didn't think that I was going to come across any Filipinos Mm -hmm. working in radio at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I found there was a couple Filipinos working there Mm -hmm. and you were working there. Mm -hmm. But you had this 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 other job that was not promo street team like office work you're actually a videographer and photographer <laughs> and she's really dope you need to go check her shit out very very talented jcomacarla.com wow thanks for the uh plug um i'll give you your 120 dollars and some new jordans perfect tomorrow it's hard times i will gladly accept it that was um, an ad <laughs> wait real quick though you didn't think you were gonna see any other filipinos while working in la radio why did you think that was or why did you feel like oh i'm gonna be the only filipino again yeah i guess because you know in entertainment 
especially working behind the scenes, you don't see a lot of Filipinos in the mix Mm -hmm. because it's not a career that a lot of Filipinos pursue in Mm -hmm. my experience. You know, like a lot of Filipinos are pushed to do other careers that make that money fast. Like when you leave school, you jump to the career, you make that money. Yeah. And that's what's important. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know a lot of Filipinos that, or at the time, I didn't really know a lot of Filipinos that, you know, strive for careers that made them really happy. Gotcha. they, They could be creative and, you know, money wasn't really a factor. But enough about me. She like I'm telling you, she had a dope ass job. <laughs> this girl was shooting behind the scenes at some of the biggest concerts out in LA and she was in that damn pit with her camera, all five foot of her amongst the trees. <laughs> the trees. <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, I'm Carla. Um, you will hear me before you see me because I am very I'm just a loud person. She's very loud. I'm just a very, very loud and very enthusiastic about everything. Everything. Tupperware, enthusiasm, always. But anyway, so pens. Yo, don't even get her started. Oh my gosh. Pens are so I'm so persnickety about my fucking pens. Anyways, continuing on. Mm. Um, I was born in the Philippines. I was born in Tarlac, Philippines, but I actually immigrated to the U.S. in the 90s after the eruption of Mount Pinatubo. Um, I grew up in a very traditional Filipino home, unlike Jasmine. So I was in a very protective bubble. I was not allowed to do anything. Wanted to go to the mall. Not fucking happening. Um. Even simple things like breakfast. I wasn't eating Lucky Charms or Frosted Flakes or anything sugary. Our breakfasts tend to be more salty and savory. So garlic fried rice, eggs, ramen, red sausages, longanisa, which is a Filipino sweet sausage. Anyways, um, we went to... For anybody who's wondering, that was her... Mating call. For food, I guess. And I kind of lived everywhere. My dad was in the Air Force for 21 years. And so I've lived in a bunch of different cool places. I've loved them all equally. I've lived in Japan. I've lived in San Antonio, Texas. I've lived in a bunch of different cities in California. And it was honestly a really fun time. So you mentioned that you lived in so many different places, Mm -hmm. including Japan, which is really, really cool. Yeah. I think that's a really like unique factor about you or Mm -hmm. unique fact about you. So when you lived in these places, did you notice... That you were Filipino? Huh. Okay. So growing up, I knew I was Filipino, but it wasn't like a like a defining trait about me. It was just like a regular, oh, my hair is black. I have brown eyes. I happen to be Filipino. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything super amazingly spectacular about me. It was just part of who I was, and that was that. And... I grew up around a bunch of different ethnicities and different races and colors and peoples and religion. And honestly, as long as we vibed, as long as you were nice to me, we got along on the playground. That was all I saw growing up. And I didn't really see in my face Filipino until I actually moved to Fremont, California, which if you don't know, it's a city up in the Bay Area in California. And I was the new kid. And Mm. there was this girl in one of my classes. She pulls me off to the side and she's like, hey, Carla, you're the new girl. Do you have anyone to sit sit with during lunch, hang out with? You can come kick it with my crew. And I thought that was so nice. So I, of course, I took the offer. I said, Mm -hmm. yes, you know, I'd love to make some friends while I'm out here. And side note, 
I thought Californias were stupid when I first moved to Fremont because everyone was at, because I had just moved from Texas. So everyone was asking me, oh, did you ride horses to school? <laughs> and I was just like, do you ride surfboards to school? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was just like, all of y'all wow. are so tough. I was like, what? who asked? Anyways, continuing yeah, I, on. I, I think like that's really funny, but also kind of interesting because it's like we all might live in the same country, but we have these perceptions mm-hmm. of different states and how yeah. the lifestyle is in those states. Um, anyways, but continuing on, um, this gr- these group of people I meet, and I thought they were so bizarre. And hmm. not bizarre in like they were just weird and picking their nose and eating it bizarre, <laughs> but bizarre in a sense that they were all Filipino. Huh. And that was when... It was in my face. And you're probably listening to this thinking, what the hell is wrong with Filipinos being friends? They, they were probably Barkada, you know what I mean? But I just thought it was so weird because I grew up around so many different ethnicities, so many different kinds. And so when I met this group of people in Fremont, I was like, this is really fucking weird. It made me kind of uncomfy, to be honest. I was just like, this, I, I don't know if I can handle this. And the cool thing was that they were able to sense my uncomfiness. So they kind of booted me out of the group. And they did it in, they finessed it. They did it in a really creative, kind of cool, kind of, slightly fucked up but i'm not mad about mad about Uh it way so what had happened was that the girl she took me to go see this other group and they're like carla you know cynthia cynthia from theater class you guys are nice you guys should kick it and i was like oh yeah hey cynthia and so i started hanging out with this new group and i didn't realize i got booted out of the filipino group until that girl (laughs) walked away and left me there to fend myself with this group i was like what the fuck did i just did that actually happen? But thankfully, this new group, they were so cool. And what was crazy about it, and the reason why I felt comfortable suddenly, was because they were all different ethnicities. And it was just like a really cool group. And thinking back on it, I'm not exactly sure why I felt so uncomfortable with that Filipino group. But I think at the time, I wasn't connected to my Filipino culture yet. As a preteen, that's when I started to notice that there wasn't a lot of representation in the mainstream media when it came to Filipinos or just Asians in general. Yeah. You know, a lot of the books I read, the TVs, the TV shows I, w- I would watch, the media I consumed, there was a bunch of white people all the time. Yeah. You know, real quick, mm-hmm. if I remember the first Filipino I ever saw on television that mm-hmm. I felt re- was representative of me... Mm-hmm was actually um, in, I think, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <gasps> the second one, yes! with with Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, shit, he's Filipino. Yeah. That's cool. But I, didn't, I guess I didn't also realize mm-hmm. how rare that was to see somebody who was Filipino on, like, mm-hmm. a really strong role. Yeah. And here's the thing. So I grew up watching Liz McGuire. Honestly, Hilary Duff was my sexual awakening. <laughs> so... Her best friend, if you don't know, Liz McGuire is a show from the early 2000s on the Disney Channel. It's honestly... A classic. It's a classic. It's top peak, top notch media. It's amazing. So Lizzie's best friend um, is this girl named Miranda Sanchez. And she is depicted as a Hispanic girl on the show. And then 
I ended up so the actress who plays Miranda, her name is Lelaine. Mm-hmm. She's Filipino, and I didn't know she was Filipino until I actually went to one of her concerts at the Milpitas Mall up in Northern California, and she had mentioned something about Fili- being Filipino, and my jaw dropped. My jaw went down to my knees like my titties went down to my knees without a bra. <laughs> I was gobsmacked. I was like, what? This whole entire time, Miranda was Filipino? Yeah. I think she was Mexican in that mm-hmm. show. And the thing is, like, if they knew she was Filipino, why couldn't they have represented her as a Filipino person? Yeah. What was what was the, the loss of doing that? Yeah. You know, there could have been more gain. Is it because mm-hmm. maybe Filipinos just weren't mainstream enough yeah and see that that was the issue that i think that was part of the issue of my disconnect with the filipino heritage Mm. my filipino culture because i didn't have representation in the media i consumed on top of living in a very toxic filipino home i couldn't find the puzzle pieces to connect to be to have a strong bold beautiful relationship Mm. with my culture you know, now I am. If you were to meet me now, you would know that I'm a very proud Filipino person. I love being Filipino. This brown skin is fucking beautiful and I love every piece of it. Um, but it took a lot of years, a lot of unlearning, a lot of unpacking and a lot of just realizing who I am and realizing how dope it is to be Filipino Yeah, and how fucked up it was really truly that i didn't have the representation speaking of connectivity jazz do you feel connected to your filipino culture at all yeah so i actually never truly felt connected to my filipino culture mm-hmm. you know or whatever it means to be filipino mm-hmm. um you know aside from learning the language like i mentioned earlier with my family teaching me at a, at a young age um but i think it's also because i don't know tagalog culture mm-hmm and the language, you know, Tagalog is, is the main language in the Philippines. And, you know, until recently as well, I was I was listening to this Filipino platform mm-hmm. and there's a Filipino American platform it was on social media. And, you know, I, like now nowadays I try to to engage and, and you know, immerse myself in, in platforms to kind of understand my culture, and my roots. Mm-hmm. But a little bit into it, I felt really, really disconnected Mm. and it kind of caught me off guard because it felt like I didn't belong and it kind of I don't know if it it didn't hurt but it kind of like stung Mm -hmm. because it was confusing to me you know was it because they were speaking in Tagalog or saying jokes that you didn't understand maybe because because you weren't immersed in Filipino culture growing up yeah I think it was all of that Mm-hmm. To be honest, mainstream Tagalog, like kind of culture, there's little quirks and little habits and sayings. You know, a lot of people use like, um, like Taglish, so it's a mixture of Tagalog and English. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand it, so I don't get it. My family is not Tagalog, so that's why it's hard to connect. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think it's important for me now as an adult. What I've been trying to do is research more on the Philippines, learn more about it, learn mm-hmm. learn more about heritage and roots and culture because you know, um it's really important and I think it, I was really inspired by what happened over the summer of 2020 mm-hmm. where you know, there's all these marches and protests and people just standing up for themselves, especially mm-hmm. the black community. Yeah. 
you know, and it made me want to feel closer to my roots. Yeah. And and really know where I came from. So now I try to contact my family back in the Philippines and, and talk to like the older people to see more of like where my great grandparents came from. Mm-hmm. What's their story? So what I want to do is, you know, while these people are still alive, be able to reach out and talk to them and ask them the questions that are essentially very, very important. Mm hmm. I like that. I like that you're actively seeking information and trying to figure out more about where you came from, your roots. And I think it's important for a lot of people to figure out their roots and find out where they came from and why that is or why your family name is this or that Mm -hmm. or kind of like a mystery of your own family tree. And I think that's really cool. And that is what cracking the coconut is. It's not two Filipino Americans, two sexy Filipino Americans talking about taboo topics, but it's also learning and engaging and opening up the floor for discussion in order to strengthen our connections, our personal connection to our own heritage. And it's not just for us to learn, you know, like Carla and I have two different perspectives, two different upbringings as Filipino Americans. Mm -hmm. And like we mentioned earlier, we just want to have a better understanding of, you know, the Filipinos to come together and and really be uplifted Mm -hmm. and just really be knowledgeable about you know what goes on back home in the philippines and what goes on here um so if you liked listening or watching us and thought we're fucking amazing um and you you know you're craving a little bit more you you're yearning a little bit more of cracking the coconut not to worry um, episodes two and three are actually already up. So if you like this episode and want to binge a little bit more, go ahead and do so. And you can hit us up on social media. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram at Cracking the Coconut. We are mm-hmm. also on Twitter and TikTok at Cracking the Cocoa. We also have a website crackingthecoconut.com so be sure to check that out yeah definitely and join our newsletter on crackingthecoconut.com it's going to be a lot of fun stuff if you sign up for this newsletter you're going to be hit with a bunch of fun behind the scenes we're going to start doing this thing called Filipino Feature where we're going to feature really awesome Filipino owned businesses or just really dope Filipino people who are exuding such excellence and we want to highlight that Um, if you happen to you know, miss an episode or forget who the Filipino feature is of the season, then you will get that roundup in our newsletter. So go ahead and join that. And yeah, yeah. and also, you know, we it won't be just us talking. So mm-hmm. if you get sick of us, don't worry, we're going to have guests and yes. some really cool guests too. And can't wait for y'all to check it out. That's basically it. That sums it up. Yeah. Peace. Deuces. Bye. <laughs>